their lives change and watching young people grow up and, and go into their callings and their ministries. And I'm, I heard this scripture quoted to me so many times when Brother Everhart was alive. He would quote Proverbs 18, that a man's gifting makes room for him and it brings him before great men. Your gifting will move you and take you places. Joseph would be a perfect example of that, where he started from and where he ended up. His gifting made room for him in Pharaoh's house. Brought him through a lot of things, but he was a different man when he got there, and it was a blessing to a whole nation of people. And we have watched young people, men and women alike, come up in this church, grow up in this church, and their gifting make room for them. We sent this young lady off to Ireland for I don't know how long. I can't even remember now, but it seemed like eternity. But, but she's got missions in her heart, and that's what God wanted. And, and uh, as soon as that next door opens up, that's where she'll be again. That's her gifting. And, oh, not seeing her on that seat is always terrible, but we rejoice in knowing that she's doing what God called her to do. And, and we've got young men and women that are so anointed and blessed and gifted by God in this church. And we have watched them just become young men in our, and young women in our presence, you know. And uh, it's always an honor when I get up here to bring one of them to this pulpit because I know what they're going to do when they get here because they love the Lord and God's put something in them. And, but sometimes, like I say, it, it brings you to other places. And that's never easy, especially when it's uh, not just one of your young men in your church, one of your ministers, but someone that you held him when he was right after he was born and watched him grow up. My nephew, Brother Lodge, is a great young man of God. He is. And we've watched him just grow by leaps and bounds in, oh, that voice. <laughs> I know I, I, I'm, in, I'm trying to let him stay back there for a minute so I don't just embarrass him too bad. But, um, but not just in that singing, but in praying with people and in his ministry and his preaching, he's just come such a long ways and just, and there's been words prayed over him and spoke over him and and prophecy that has been spoken to his life, and and he's going to be doing the work of an evangelist, and uh, that's uh, we we've known that. Just waiting for that door to open, I've kind of been hoping the Lord hold it closed a little longer, you know. But that's just a pastor and an uncle that just loves and hates to see people go. But Brother Hart told us one time in our ministers' meeting, he said if. He said, I'd love to keep every one of you guys, but I know that's impossible because God's got things that you have to do. And I know that. And Brother Elijah has talked with me and let me know, and I feel at peace after praying about it. And, and I just I know it's the right thing. But a door has opened. His gifting has made room. And he is taking next steps to do that work of the evangelist. And he's going to be... A door is open for him to help 
another church that can really benefit from his ministry and from what he's going to do. And I know that he will be as faithful there as he has been here. He's been here. He's been faithful in every way you can be faithful to a church. And he has blessed this congregation time and time again through song and through his preaching and just his advice, his friendship, his fellowship, his prayers. I'm thankful for this young man. And we are going to be, now, he's not gone forever. He's an evangelist. Guess what that means? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make you sing and preach. So there you go. But I, want, I, want to, I do want to say this. He, like he's going to be here at Regeneration Weekend. He'll be singing. He'll be doing stuff. And, and he knows that this, is, that this is home and that anytime he just wants to walk in, he doesn't have to call and ask. He just comes in. This is his home. And so when he's not somewhere else, he can swing by here. If he's not tied up with where he's going to be helping, he's going to be helping his Uncle Jonathan in Rome. They've got a great church growing, growing there. It's, I, I told him the other day, I said, I hope West Georgia blows up with revival. I want to see it happen. And I want, I want to watch him be a part of that. And I, I know God has prepared him for such a time as this. And so it is uh, through tears and uh, that we do it. <laughs> but we are so just thankful for what God has done in his life. And the blessings of that song, we, we pray it on him. And wherever he goes, that whatever country he might be in, whatever state, whatever city, town, whatever congregation he finds himself before, that God will just give him favor and that souls will be one to the kingdom and that he'll just continue to do a work for the Lord. And, and uh, we're going to be praying for him. Yes. He'll, go, he'll go right into that minister's yes. prayer list and he'll, he'll be prayed for uh, every week. And so, but you make sure as you can, let him know how much you appreciate what he's done while he's been here. He's a great, he is a great young man of God. And oh, there's old children's books and oh, the places you'll go. Well, there's no telling what God's going to do. And he's, he's going to be uh, doing that. This will be his last Sunday. So uh, that pretty little thing that hangs on him over there, she's going to be going too. That's in order. She should be. I'm not trying to just throw the cart before the horse or nothing, man, you know. No. But that's his help, and she'll be with him, and they're going to do a great work for the Lord. You, how many believes that? Yes. Yeah. I, I told Brother Elijah the other day, I said, I'm going to miss that little girl. I said, when she walks to that front row, I said, you feel that presence when she walks up. I said, she's a, she's a powerful praying, worshiping young lady and you feel it when she steps up there, man, it's like, man, well, you could, if you can't get free right there, I don't know what's wrong because you can feel it, so I'm thankful for them let's pray for them right now, how about that sister, let's come here for a second, baby I know it's uh, come here, we're going to pray for them and we're going to just believe the Lord, great things for them right now let's pray together, precious Lord we thank you what a privilege it is to witness the sending out, Lord, of this couple to do a work for you. And God, I know there's great things coming and even greater things than we can imagine. We pray the favor of the Lord upon them today. 
God, that you would bless them continually. Keep them safe in their travels. Lord, keep them, Lord, in their minds and in their hearts, God. Give them souls for the kingdom of God. Lord, use them for your glory, God. Lord, right now we send them in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Lord, to do a mighty work, to be a blessing, to be a help for the body of Christ. In the name of Jesus, cover them now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. I thank you for them today. In Jesus' name. I sure love you. If you want to say something, Lord, you're done. Okay. Well, I love you people. I love you people so, so much. I told my uncle and my pastor and my sweet aunt and person who has pulled me into music that I would not be who I am today if it hadn't been for this place if it hadn't been for this leadership if it hadn't been for you wonderful friends that I've made over the last few years I love you so much and I covet your prayers and those blessings that you're praying over me I I thank you for them I love you guys I love all of y'all, and you've all been a family to me. Uh, I've been coming here for years now, and I just appreciate every single one of the prayers that y'all have said for me and texting me and calling me and reaching out to me. I love y'all so much. That's fantastic. Give them a hand. We love them. We appreciate them. I can't wait to hear... Of the many souls going to be one to the kingdom. Let's give our choir and music a hand today. What a fantastic job. What a fantastic job. God's good. You know, man, when you, when you trust God, that's when you see God do things that you never, you know, everybody don't get to witness. And, and uh, man, just to be a part of, of what's going on in the kingdom and, and know that we've got new soldiers going into the field. Man, it's fantastic. And so we thank God. That song said, He is for you. Look at your neighbor and tell them that. He is for you. I want you to know God's for you. I don't care what's going on. God is for you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know what, let's just pray for the message and I'm going to let you be seated because you've been up for a moment. Lord, we love you so much and thank you for what's going on in this service today. We thank you for all the blessings, all the precious memories, everything, God, that we're experienced in this house today. And Lord, now as we get into your word, bless our minds and our hearts. Let it be good ground, Lord, that we might receive it, be better, be changed, be more like you. We ask this in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Now give him a hand clap and a praise. Hallelujah. Well, God's good. He's a great God. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Again, all of our visitors, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. I'll throw my glasses around. But get in here and read. I'm going to read quickly a story from 2 Samuel chapter 12. 
David, uh, this is, of course, David, King David, man after God's own heart, David. It's important that you remember who he is, has tried to cover a tremendous sin in his life. But it's been the Lord sees everything. Can't hide it from the Lord. And the prophet comes to David and begins to tell him what God has in store for him now that this has happened. But in verse 14, he says, Because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies that the Lord, of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. It came to pass on the seventh day that the child died, and the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. Well, they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel, came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And then he came to his own house, and when they required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou did fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Have you noticed how many times they said this child is dead? It's important to remember. But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son. And he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. I know that was a lot of reading, but I, the preaching won't be near as long. I want to preach for just a little while on this thought. It's not the end. It's not the end. Would you lift your hands for a moment? Let's pray one more time. Ask God to bless. We really need to get this word today. Lord, we love you and praise you. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your loving kindness and your long suffering, God. Thank you, God, for all that you do. And Lord, we ask you now one more time. Let our hearts and our ears be ready to hear and receive the word of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. One more hand clap to the Lord this morning. He's worthy of it. He deserves it. And he's for you today. Amen. He's for you today. So the tragedy in this, I'm just going to jump right in if that's all right. It is a tragedy. David, because of the affair that he had with Bathsheba, she became with child. 
David tried to cover it up first by setting up her husband to go in with her so he would think it was his child, but that didn't work. And so David sent her husband to the front of the line in the war where it was the battle was the worst so that he would be slain. And so not only did he commit adultery with this woman, cause her to be with child, he also killed her husband. That's terrible. That's a great sin. And as bad as that is, it's not the end. Oh, I know you see our, our fleshly mind, our carnal mind is like, it'd be the end of somebody. I know how we think in our hearts and in our minds. I know how our flesh reacts to things that are great, that we look at like great sins. I know how we react to things we see. We talked about that this morning, about what we let in, and it causes us to react in ways with anger and, and, and hatred and, and sometimes even lash out. But I'm telling you that even as great as this is, is what a tragedy it is, and even because there is one dead, it is awful, it is horrendous, and we can't imagine it, but it is not the end because there is a God. Well, I, I must be sitting in a house full of folks that ain't never done nothing wrong. I said, it's not the end. It wasn't the end when we messed up. Thank God. Hello. There are some things maybe in our closet that if people knew, they'd say, my goodness, that's awful. But guess what? It's not the end. I know where I see you sitting at today. I see you sitting in the house of the Lord. I see you sitting in the house of mercy. I see you sitting in a place where you can be forgiven. I see you sitting in a place where love is flowing, where grace is flowing, where there's forgiveness in the house of the Lord. I see some good stuff going on today. Well, I know it's awful. But it's not the end. It's a tragedy because this child has died because of a sinful act. And now anything that might have been, it didn't just take that life so young and that's it, but anything that child might have ever been is gone. All because of what David and Bathsheba did. That's a tragedy. It's actually a reality. That child's dead. But you see, there are two sides to the coin of this reality. One is that there is a child dead. But the other one is that there is still someone alive. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. On one side, a child has died. But on the other side of the coin is the king of Israel, and he is still alive. And guess what? God does not want to throw him away. God would rather forgive people than kill people. David still got to lead some people. They still need a king. They still need someone after God's own heart. And he made a mistake and it was awful, but it's not the end. He did not dethrone David. He did not kill David. He, you know what? David was still going to serve God. 
His mistake did not make him want to leave God. Instead, in Psalm 51, he wrote, Cast me not away from your presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I don't want to be without you, God. I know I've made a mistake, but I don't want to be without you. Don't let this be the end of who I am. And when David knew that God knew, and when David knew that the prophet knew, he knew, just knew in his mind he would die. But the prophet told him in verse 13, Thou shall not die. Let me tell you something today, saint. Your mistakes were not ever meant to kill you. They might hinder you. They might hurt you. They might hurt somebody else. It might even kill some things, but it was never intended to take you out. God is not an eraser of people. He is an eraser of sin. Uh, You ought to turn around and tell somebody that. Because we think he's an eraser of people. And it would have been so easy for God to just flatten David and just turn him back to the dust that he came from. Raise up another king. He could have done it. He could have did anything that he wanted to do, but instead he he said there will be a penalty to be paid. There's going to be something happen, but David, it's not the end for you. It's bad and it's tragic. And I'm not uh, giving David an easy way out or anybody. I'm just saying it's not the end of you. It's not the end of who you are or what you can do for God. God does not intend for it to be your end. Oh, no. He does not intend for that to be the last thing that you do. It's not the end of you, David. Hey, preacher, it's not the end of you. Oh, it's bad? Hey, when, hey, when giants, we, we set people up as giants in our lives, spiritual giants, we, we put our faith and trust in them, and when they fall, it can destroy so many people. But it was never intended to, and it's not supposed to be the end of that preacher. It's not supposed to be the end of that saint. It's not supposed to be the end of that child of God. He never said uh, that we wouldn't make mistakes. He wished we wouldn't. I write unto you that you sin not, but if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What happened could be awful. It could be more than awful, but it was never meant to be the end of what you could do in this world. Some of the greatest, most faithful saints alive, some of the greatest preachers you've ever known have got some terrible, terrible skeletons in their closet. And the reason they're still preaching today is because God said, it's not the end. They found a place of repentance. They found a place where God could have mercy on them. Let me tell you, if you don't think they battled in their own mind and in their own heart, then you don't know them very well. I guarantee you, they thought about quitting, walking away, throwing in the towel, hiding from everybody. But the God that loved them and bled for them and died for them said, I'm not going to let you go that easy. It's not the end. Honey, it's just a bump. It's just a mistake. It's just something awful. But it's not meant to be the end of who you are. There are so many wasted gifts on the garbage heap of disillusionment. 
People make a mistake and think, that's it, God's done with me. I, have you read your Bible? So many people in that great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews. Mistake after mistake after mistake. God don't like mistakes, but God loves repentance. Yeah, I said it. Let me say it one more time. God is not an eraser of people. Do we think God's sitting up there with a big chalkboard eraser? That's it. He said, now you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just pour my blood on them. Instead of erasing them, I'm going to erase what happened. (laughs) Instead of Instead of erasing them, I'm just going to erase what happened. I'm just going to sanctify them and justify them and wash them. And I'm going to make it like it never existed. Oh, the garments might be red like crimson, but they're going to be white like snow when I get done. Well, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, it's not the end. It's only the end if you believe it is. It's only the end if you declare it to be the end. God is for you. He is for you. He died for you. Suffered for you. And he didn't suffer so you could throw in the towel. He didn't suffer so you could walk away. He did not die so you could quit. But he said, I'm going to go and shed that blood so they'll have an advocate. They'll have something they can. They, if we confess our faults, he is faithful to for. Oh, if I confess my faults. No, that's not it. He don't backhand you out of glory. Oh, just mercy and grace and love. Oh, if we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to Forgive. Not remove, not cast aside, not stomp down, not exile. Oh no. Ila da shandala mokota yadabaha. Iko da boshataka. Jesus. I wish you'd just lift your hands for a minute and love him. Come on, God's talking to you in this house. Ila da mokataya. God knew who'd be in this house today. He better listen up. You're about ready to hand in your notice, but I'm telling you, you better not because God don't want you to quit. God don't want you to surrender. God don't want you to give up. He's got something for you. The things that you're supposed to do will never get done if you quit. Glory to God. Glory to God. God does not intend... For it to be the end. All the way back into Ezekiel. In, in Ezekiel 18. It's one of my favorite chapters in the book. Verse 20. The Lord says. The soul that sinneth. It shall die. I'm glad there's more to this verse. Because. What he's saying is the soul that won't turn from his sin. You'll see if you read the whole chapter. You'll see that. He said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Sin is terrible. It has repercussions. The wages of sin are death, the New Testament tells us. 
He says, the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked, but if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. God made a way to miss death. I ain't talking about natural death. I'm talking about the death of that spiritual man. I'm talking about that second death. Let me tell you, he made a way for us to get out of it. He said, if we'll just turn from all we've done, if we'll just turn to him, do what's right, we shall live, we shall not die. It won't be the end unless you let it be. He said, surely live. He shall surely live. That means it's going to happen. Surely live. Why are you so sure it's the end if God is so sure you can live? You don't want want to play that ping pong match with God. I'm going to die. You're going to live. I'm going to die. He said you shall surely live if you'll do what's lawful and right. If you'll just turn and do what's right, you're going to live. It does not have to be the end of your walk. It doesn't have to be the end of your ministry. It doesn't have to be the end of who you are in God. Oh, no, it does not have to be the end. If we do that which is right, we will surely live. But we're people. And we have convinced ourselves that surely God is done with us. In Psalm 31 and 22, the psalmist said, For I said, I said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Power of death and life's in the tongue. And so with those principles in place, we read the psalmist condemning himself. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. And see, he's so sure that it's the end, and he makes that statement. Every time I read that verse, I think of a, a, it's not a proverb, it's a, I don't know, come out of an almanac or something. One of Ben Franklin quotes, I think. Haste makes waste. So he said, I'm cut off from before your eyes, but that's not even scripture. Because in Proverbs 15, it says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. You see, David did an unrighteous thing, but he was still a righteous man for God but he was going to have to turn because all the righteousness he had before that point can't take up for him in his wrongdoing. He still got to turn back to God. But the eyes of the Lord were looking at David and his ears were listening to what David would do. Let me tell you, how you respond, how you respond when you fail will determine where you end up. And you can waste your present life, your present talent, your calling, your anointing, over a past that God is 
and that Jesus died to give you victory over. Yeah, isn't that a shame that you can waste your life, your anointing, your gifting, your calling over a past that God is ready to forgive you for, that God is ready to wash away. Don't give up over what you can't change. Give it to God. If you don't let God have it, and if you don't let God handle it, you get frustrated, you get depressed, and you will quit. You can't change the past. But you can change you. Hello? You can't change the past, but you can change the way you walk from this point on. I know there was a lot of people didn't forget what David did. But David had to put it behind him. I don't think David ever forgot what he did, but he had to put it behind him. Yeah, Bathsheba didn't forget what they did, but she had to put it behind her. Let me tell you, I don't care man or woman, king or queen, I don't care who you are, whatever you did, put it behind you so God can get rid of it. You can't change what's happened. You ever heard him say you can't unring that bell? Well, there wasn't no way to unring that bell, but let me tell you, you could change where you were going from that point on. Or how about this? You can't change the past, but you can bury it. How many times do they keep saying the child is dead, the child is dead, the child is dead? Is the child dead? The child is dead. What do you do with dead stuff? You bury it. It didn't mean you forget about it. But let me tell you, as much as David may have loved that baby, to hold it immediately after that death is painful and a reminder. This is my fault. Look how beautiful this child is. All that it could be, this is my fault. But if he won't let nobody have it, and he begins to carry it, and three, four days later, the baby's not so beautiful no more. It's beginning to decay. Oh, keep holding it, keep carrying it. It just keeps on decaying. It's nothing but a bad, bad memory for you. What you should have done was buried it. Because when you bury it, you may have the reminder but you don't have the stench of it on you. But you keep carrying it around. God never intended you to carry it around. You can bury it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are made new. The Bible says the way we get into Christ is we are baptized into Christ or we are buried with him in baptism. You bury the past. You bury the old man. You bury what you did wrong. You might not ever forget what you did, but you don't have to carry it around anymore. Let me tell you, two years later, David wasn't carrying the bones of that baby around. You got to quit carrying around the things that God's buried. God's already put it under the blood. It's in a water grave. It's time for you to stand up and walk in the newness of life. I'm glad when I went down in the
the grave that I didn't stay there. I'm glad that I was raised up just like Jesus was to walk in the newness of life. I'm going to tell you, we all have to visit that water grave. But if you don't think you're going to have a cemetery in your life of mistakes and regrets, mishaps, yeah, Paul said I'd die daily. Repentance is death. When you repent of sins, you die to it. And I don't have to be baptized every time I make a mistake. But I do have to repent. I do have to turn. I do have to get it right with him. I can't just keep walking in it. Then I'm just carrying that dead thing with me that God never intended. And every time I get down to repent for something, just burying it. You better bury it. Don't carry it in your backpack, your pocketbook. Don't stuff it in your pocket. Get it out of your mind. Get it out of your heart. Hello. <laughs> yeah, just leave it alone. Quit bringing it up. You don't have to bring it up the next time you pray either. <laughs> if you repented of it on Sunday, tomorrow night in prayer, don't, don't go to talking about it again. Because God's going to say, you know what I got to do to see that? I got to turn around. Because he's cast all my sin behind his back. God don't like having to turn around. He's throwing things behind his back. And then we get down. He's like, oh, God, I didn't forget. Didn't we handle that? Well, I, I know, but I just want to make sure so you didn't believe it. The first time. You've got to believe that he will forgive you when you ask it. Quit carrying your past around. It's going to bring you down. If you don't stop carrying it around. <laughs> this is what God will do. Ezekiel 18, same chapter 18, verse 30. He was talking to his people. This is for we're grafted in. So, but it's Israel. It's our brothers. Therefore, I will judge you, your house of Israel. Everyone, according to his ways, saith the Lord God, repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions so iniquity shall not be your ruin. If you keep holding on to it, it will ruin you. It will ruin your walk, ruin your life. But if you'll just let God have it. He said, cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you've transgressed. Make you a new heart and a new spirit. Get a new heart, get a new spirit. For why will you die? Why would you die when he made a way for you to live? The Bible says we are dead to sin but alive unto God. Why would you die when God made a way out? If you were in a house that was burning down and somebody snatched the door open and said, this way out, it's the only way. I don't lie, I can't go through that door. That's the only way out. I can't go through it then you'll stay here and burn to death. I guess so. You see, that's the way it is with people. 
The Lord said, I am the door. Just come unto me. Just confess to me. Just pray to me. Merciful, good, gracious. My goodness. Oh, no, no. It's just it's too bad. It's too, it's all, it ain't nothing. When he died on that cross and shed that blood, it wasn't a sin that was going to be created later that that blood wouldn't cover. <laughs> nothing created later that that blood would not cover. And then the Lord said, in verse 32, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. It does not please God at all for you and I to be lost. I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live. I want to be pleasing to the Lord, then repent. I want to be pleasing to God, but I made such a mistake. Well, then just get up and keep walking then just get up and say, I'm sorry, and turn from it and go on because that's what pleases God. God wants you to keep going. Peter said in 2 Peter 3 and 9 that the Lord was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's got a place you can go when you mess up. It's called repentance. You can go to repentance. You can go to Him in prayer. You can go. When He wrote in the Scripture that we may come boldly before the throne of grace, to find help in our time of need. What do you think he was talking about? I need help with my taxes, Lord. Oh, you can go see Sister Patty for that. I need help with my car, Lord. You got a mechanic for that. I need help with my sin. Gotcha. I need help with this mistake. I need help. There's nobody, nobody else, God. And so we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find help because ain't nobody can help you with that problem but Him. It'll be His grace and His mercy once again. It'll be His compassions that fail not. It'll be the, the loving kindness of Jesus. It'll be one more time Him forgiving you. That wasn't the only time David ever asked for forgiveness. It wasn't the only time that David made a mistake that cost lives. He numbered Israel, and it cost lives. We're going to make mistakes, folks. It happens to the best of us. Don't waste your present or prevent your future by assuming that you are cut off and that this is the end. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Failing isn't final, and failures aren't forever. We are not supposed to be buried by our mistakes. We are still alive. Hello. We are not meant to be buried by our mistakes. We are still alive. Some things may die, but we are still alive. Dead to sin, alive unto God. Romans 6 and 23 said, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't let the last chapter of your story be your tragic mistake. Some people make a mistake and they end it right there. 
That's the last chapter. Some people in their walk with God, the last chapter of their story is the mistake they made. And they stop the author and the finisher of our faith from writing anymore. Let the author and the finisher of your faith write about the victory that you received because you said, God, I'm sorry. Let it be about you overcoming what could have killed you. Let it be about him forgiving you. Let that last chapter be, let, it, let that last chapter end with those words. And Jesus said unto me, well done, good and faithful servant. Because if you hear him say that, I can promise you, you're going to have many chapters in your book of the times that God forgave. Live the life that he wanted you to live. He called David to be a king, to lead his people. And he intended on that happening. But it was all in how David would respond. When David found out that that child was dead, it said he got up, changed, washed himself, changed his garments, and he worshipped, anointed himself. It worshipped. Oh, I don't feel like I even lift my hands after what I did. Why? Who is that Bible? That's not Bible. I can't lift my hands. I may say, it's not Bible. We live by every word. Now, there might be a voice in your head saying, don't you lift your hands. Don't you pray. How dare you say praise the Lord? That ain't Scripture. Quit listening to all them other voices in your own head and your own emotions and, and say, what does the Word of God say to me? The Word says, turn and live. Turn and live. Turn and live. It's not the end. So David anointed himself and worshipped. He, he made some statements when they questioned, what are you doing? Hey, listen. Or about what nobody else thinks. If they know about it, and then they see you running the aisles, and they're like, <laughs> what? I know where you were this last week. You might. But God knows where I am right now. Listen, can I change what happened last week? I can't. David said, can I bring him back again? Can I bring him back again? I can't. I cannot undo it, but I can move on. And some people get offended because you move on from your mistakes. Did you not move on from yours when you came to the Lord? Come on now. I will never forget it, but I am forgiven. And I will do what God originally called me to do. Listen to me, honey, you can come on to the music. Don't waste the mercy that is new every morning on your past. Self-pity. Lies that you've told yourself. It's not the end. 
Jesus said in Revelation, said, I make all things new. All things. Yeah, that, that means all things. That means all the things that we have done. All the mistakes. There's no stain of sin so strong that the blood can't wash it white as snow. Oh, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus today. I'm thankful for the mercy of a God who can see his anointed slip and fall and yet extend a hand to raise them up. Stand with me this morning. In Isaiah chapter 38, Hezekiah, the king, was at the end of his life. The Lord had told him, get your house in order, you shall die. But when Hezekiah began to weep and pray, the Lord sent the prophet back in and said, tell him he's got 15 more years. It wasn't the end. And he said it wasn't the end because the Lord was ready to save. Listen to what Isaiah said in his song after God let him know he was going to be healed. He said, behold, for peace I had great bitterness. My world was disrupted by what was going on, and so for peace I had great bitterness. He said, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Is that not probably the most beautiful thing you have ever read? That because of the love he has for our soul, he has delivered us from the pit of corruption and cast all my sins behind his back. Because what? He doesn't want us to die, does he? For the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. And they that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. We shouldn't kill people when they make mistakes. We should encourage them to get back with God so they can live. He said, the living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. Oh, how good it feels when God changes that situation, that sentence of death. Then he says, the father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. The Lord was ready to save. How Hezekiah reacted, how he responded when the sentence of death was pronounced caused God to change and give him 15 years. How we respond when we do things that are worthy of death will determine whether we die or live. But if we will turn back to Him, the Lord's not wasn't just ready to save. He's ready to save now. He's ready to save today. And He said, this is the truth you pass on to your children. What story will you pass on? The ones of those who died or the ones of those who lived? I want to tell the story of the living because my mistakes were not the end. Your mistakes are not the end. They're not. 
Praise God. While she's singing this morning, I want to open this altar and give you a chance to come and pray. Repent of your sins. If you've got something in your life this morning, why would you die? He's a God of mercy. He loves you. You could come today and let God change your situation. You could come today and let God bless you. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The mercy of God today. Let him bless you in this house.
you're not if you're not praying with somebody stretch your hands toward these altars toward those that are praying there's people that need healing healing in their bodies deliverance today let's pray for them let's pray for them come on we'll get to the bake sale we'll get to everything else but right now the spirit of the Lord's moving on people touching their lives come on let's pray for them Lord bless this young man
while people are still praying. Let's don't stop them. Don't get up if you're praying right now. But there's a move of the Holy Ghost in this house and people are praying in the altars, in the seats, wherever. I need the saints one more time to lift your hands and just worship for a moment. Just pray. Stretch your hands towards somebody. Let the presence of the Lord continue to move in this house. And if you're praying about something, if you're burying something today, hallelujah, I want you to just picture in your head, you're, you're, you just put the last shovel of dirt on it and you're stomping on it and it's done. And I want you to worship God believing that it's done. I want you to worship Him and praise Him like, hey, it's buried, it's over. When I walk out of these doors today, I, I'm not carrying that with me. What was dead has been buried at the altar. It's been buried right here in my seat. I, I put it I put it in a grave. It's gone. I repented. I got rid of it. I'm, I'm going to follow the Lord. So let's lift our hands and hearts one more time and worship. Come on. Pray for those that are praying. Receive it today. Believe what God's done in your life. Believe it. Ye shall surely live. He said, you shall surely live. He's for you today. I want you to high five somebody or hug their neck and tell them God's for you. And if God be for you, who could be against you? If God be for you, who can be against you? Praise God. Isn't God good? Come on, clap your hands one more time to the Lord. Thank you for being here. Responding to God's word today. Prayer meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Hope you'll be here. Those that are praying can continue to pray. Uh, don't forget they have their bake sale. Everything's going on in the foyer. So God bless you. You can be dismissed if you need to be in Jesus' name. Those that are praying, stay and pray if you need to. God bless you.